the WBC just as like the kids say it hits different you know it just it really does there's just something so different about it even though it's the same game nine innings three outs you know 90 feet all that stuff um it just hits a little bit different because you can just see the pride of wearing whatever uniform they're wearing for their country uh just it just seeps out of them that was mike siano who oversees live streaming and on demand at major league baseball Today, I'll continue my conversation with Mike about how MLB is using technology to grow the game. Hello, and welcome to episode 55 of the Irish Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Becker. This show is a production of the Irish American Baseball Society. For more information or to become a member, visit irishbaseball.org. Let's welcome back Mike Ciano. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Hey, Rick, how are you? Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So one of the areas that I want to discuss, and I'm not 100% sure how I want to phrase this, but there is definitely a battle when it comes to baseball fans between the analytical side and the watching it like you might watch some other sports like soccer or something like hockey, where while the athleticism does play into the numbers, sometimes people sort of separate those two things and think mm -hmm. that a great catch is one type of highlight, but how do you contextualize that? Do you find yourself trying to deal with both of those types of fans? You're trying to super serve the numbers, but also show the athleticism. How do you try to feed both of those monsters if you will <laughs> <laughs> i thought you asked it perfectly and it's it's another great question um i'll give you a really good example this this example i'll never forget um and it's really appropriate for uh the time of year we're at because the world baseball classic is coming back around again uh which i'm very very excited about and we all remember the adam jones catch right uh for team usa manny machado hits it Adam Jones ranges to right center field, jumps up over the wall, reaches back, brings it back in. Amazing catch, surrounded by USA fans. Everybody's going crazy. And, you know, in real time, we saw that catch and, and our minds were blown. I, I remember being like, my God, what a catch that was. Little did we know at the same exact time that, I, that you know, we were celebrating that catch as, as fans and, and whatever, there were friends of mine who are stats orientated, let's just say it that way, who were looking at the um, the data and said, sorry to, sorry to bust your bubble guys, but that catch wasn't actually that hard. And we said, what did you just say? And they said, listen, he was shaded towards right center. He didn't run that far. He didn't really jump that high, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, can't we just have something? <laughs> but in the so, but here here's the here's the the kicker though, Rick. We were both right, and that's where I come in. I think you. I think both sides can be right. It was a great catch because the stat, the data wasn't measuring the moment. The data wasn't measuring that Manny Machado played for the Orioles and Adam Jones played for the Orioles, but they were competitors that day. The data didn't measure, you know that it was a packed house and it was late in the game and it was a clutch situation. Um, 
and you know you can you can trip on your foot you can slip on the grass you can maybe you can jump too soon you can jump too late right all of those things could have happened adam jones never makes that catch um but he did make it and that allowed um the data to be analyzed and yeah you know what they were right it if you if if after talking about it and thinking about it 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 probably wasn't as hard as everybody made it out to be um but it didn't matter either it was okay that we were both right now as a you know fantasy player back in the day i used to host a fantasy show um on radio podcast mlb network called the fantasy 411 my co-host was Corey Schwartz, who runs stats for MLB.com. Okay, so he was a stat guy. I was I was what he would call a soft analyst. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we got, I'll tell you, we got along great. And we were able to, as we would call it, mix our chocolate with our peanut butter and, and come up with, you know, good stuff that we thought could help people uh, win their fantasy leagues or, or what have you. And we had a great time doing it. There's no way that um, I don't think it's ruining the game. I, I think I think some people feel like it is. I don't think it is. Uh, I think it makes in certain aspects makes the, the telecast a lot more compelling. Um, I think it allows you to think some more about things. You know, I um, I don't know if you uh, know of Joe Sheehan, who writes uh, his own newsletter. One of one of the really you know great thinkers as far as that stuff goes, but he also understands that sometimes you have to leave the stat book on the coffee table and just you know think about baseball and and look at it holistically. Um, so you know I think you can have you can have your cake and eat it on this too. It doesn't have to um, bring anybody down. Yeah, there's some people that say, oh well, if you don't agree with this, then you don't know what you're talking about. Of course, but we can say that about any topic. And we could say that about anybody on Twitter, but, you know, you look at what the Yankees did the last couple of weeks. I thought that was really interesting because the Yankees have a very data-driven front office, but what did the Yankees do the last couple of weeks? They hired Brian Sabian and they hired Omar Minaya, two of the more highly respected, well-known scout type guys in baseball, in, in current baseball. Um, you know, and obviously Sabian has had tremendous, tremendous success for this time with the Giants. Um, and I think what the Yankees were saying is we're not abandoning. They didn't like fire their stats department. You know, those guys are still there. Um, they said, you know what, our stats department's very strong. But you know what, maybe it's time to to look at the scouting a little bit more again um, and, and you know, see if that can help us get over the hump. The hump being the Astros, by the way. Um, and and figure out, you know, where maybe we can do something uh, a little bit better to help us be, you know, be a little bit more prepared for, let's say, the Astros again, the LCS. I thought that was a really good message to send to the game, to the fans. Um, they weren't admitting they did anything wrong. Like I said, they still have a great and a big uh, data department, but they decided to, you know, put a couple more table uh, seats around the table. And like, like I said, you know, simply put, I think you can have both and succeed. I don't think, I think the truth is always in the middle. Yeah. Some people go way too one way on the uh, scouting side. Some people go way too one way on the uh, data side, but I think no matter what, what topic we're talking about, to me, the truth is usually always in the middle. And where does that come in, in the content that you provide or doesn't it really play a part? Because 
if you have video of a great catch, it doesn't matter if mm-hmm. it was actually hard or if it just looked hard. <laughs> if it looks hard, that's still good content, right? <laughs> that's absolutely true. But you know what's also really important these days, no matter what you do, I don't care if it's a menu at uh, Taco Bell, you have to have variety. And I think that's what we do a really good job at is, pro- is provide variety. So, you know, let's say that Adam Jones catch happens, uh, something like that. Let's say Otani hits a big homer uh, in the World Baseball class. So let's just say that. Um, we're going to give you the straight highlight. We're going to give you the highlight with StatCast. We're going to give you uh, some of this new stuff we have coming out with data visualization that may or may not have the highlight in it. You're going to get about five or six different ways to um, consume that one home run that Otani hit, um, especially if it was, you know, in a big moment or what have you. And then, you know what, we'll get it in front of you. And then you pick what you want to do. Hopefully you click on them all. Um, but if, but it, you know, as long as you click on one, that's cool. And if you click on the one with the stack cast data, great. If you click on the one that's just a regular highlight, great. So before I let you go, I definitely want to get into the World Baseball Classic because I have loved this since it started. I remember watching those games, staying up until three o'clock in the morning or whatever time those Asian games would start and watching Chinese Taipei and Korea and Japan play against what I thought was a really scrappy and inspirational China team that was so overmatched, but they were trying to develop this program from scratch almost. And it was like watching Hoosiers. If Hickory never ended up winning, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but it was still inspirational because you're watching this sport you love. And now it is being introduced. These are the first few steps of that sport you love being introduced to one point whatever billion people. And the different dynamics of these teams, and we're definitely here at the Irish American Baseball Society, really into this tournament. So with this one coming up, I feel like this year with Otani, with Trout, with that Dominican Republic lineup looks insane. Like some of these teams bringing so many superstars. I feel like this is the coming out party for the world baseball classic. Would you agree with me on that? I I do. I do. And, you know, we've been doing a lot of research on um, the past, the history of the WBC, just trying to get, just trying to remind people how great it was. Right. And, and um, you know, even going back to you forget Dice K, in the first, you know, when he was just unbelievable, uh, and they won, and Japan won the first two, and and Daisuke was the man, right? Um, and then, you know, like you said, some of these teams are just outrageously loaded, and we, we you go back and you remember, um, you know, the 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 David versus Goliaths, and and how uh, the Netherlands, you know, put some scares, and like, I think the Netherlands beat the DR one time, um, you know, it, Team Israel had a great story to tell. You know, I was talking to a coworker the other day and we were just, we were, I agree with him a million percent. The WBC just as like the kids say, it hits different. You know, it just, it really does. There's just something so different about it. Even though it's the same game, nine innings, three outs, you know, 90 feet, all that stuff. Um, it just hits a little bit different because you can just see the pride of wearing whatever uniform they're wearing for their country 
uh, just it just seeps out of them uh, of the players and. I think you're right. I think, and I think a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, what we've been dealing with the last couple of years of the world uh, with, you know, being shut down and, and all that stuff to have something like this come along uh, with, that's just going to have nothing but energy behind it um, and reintroduce a lot of people to um, players from different parts of the world who they wouldn't see necessarily in the angels lineup or the Yankees lineup. Uh, I think is going to be really just really awesome. And, you know, there's no telling, you know, where, if there's that, um, that David out there, the slave of Goliath, or if we're heading to just an all Goliath, you know, type of final four, which would be wild in itself. So it's really important. You know, baseball has done a lot of work uh, to, to, to go out into the, uh, into the world and grow the game. You know, we have the London series and, playing in Mexico and obviously the world baseball classic is just, you know, maybe the best example of them all. Um, the partnership that takes to pull that all off uh, is pretty wild. So we'll be up Rick at, like you said, three in the morning or six in the morning, whatever it's going to be um, watching these games before it gets over to the States. And I think it's going to be pretty, pretty great. And these games are going on during spring training. So how do you, as somebody working on content, I mean, first of all, you must just be spinning like spinning plates at that point <laughs> in the year because you're trying yeah. to cover the World Baseball Classic, which is a huge worldwide, you know, players are playing for a championship. Yep. But you also have to cover all of the news that's going on in regular spring training. We're still going to have lots of players signing. Probably you're going to have players getting cut. You're going to have great plays being made in some of those spring training games. Maybe players making an impact because they don't have to sit behind Trout when he's getting reps with the U.S. team. So maybe somebody gets to make some big plays in those spring training games. How do you balance all that? Uh, you, you just prepare to not sleep for a couple of weeks. I mean, you know, all hands on deck, <laughs> all hands on deck and – uh, everybody's excited, you know, and it, you know, it, and it's not that long. I mean, I think it's, I think all in, it's about two weeks, the world baseball classic. I think maybe March 8th to March 21st or something like that, March 24th. So it's, it's, it's a two week sprint and, you know, you, you just, you just buckle up and you get it done. Um, and you know, and you're right, you could have, and, you know, we were talking about this, uh, right before I, I joined you. You know, there's going to be two days in March where a bunch of the teams that aren't in the in the Asia pool are going to um, are going to play major league teams in spring training. So you'll get you know Team USA versus uh, the the Angels. So Trout and you know Trout's going to play the Angels one day against the Angels or something. You know, um, so you get that for a couple of days, and then you uh, and then they'll go do their thing and start playing in Arizona, um, and then you know hopefully. Uh, couple teams will including team usa will hopefully advance to uh miami and that'll be cool to see uh, everybody down there and you know i think marlins park is going to be rocking but you know to answer your question again i think you just buckle up uh everybody's into it so it doesn't feel like work you're a little you're a little worse for the wear with uh, the lack of sleep but that's okay because you're doing some you know you're working on some really fun stuff and 
the spring training stuff we've done you know we've done so many of those i think we're we have an advantage there just based on experience do you think team usa having success in the tournament is important yeah i do um you know i don't know if i i don't know if i have to go as far to say they need to win it um it'd be you know i think it would be nice i think you know the u.s team usa always has and whether it's the olympics or something like this um always seems to have the most pressure on it maybe that's just us because this is where we live saying that you know probably the same for japanese fans and, and team japan and the dr and uh the team dominican republic and etc so um I, I i think it helps you know i think it helps because you know it's definitely all major league stars for the most part you know um it's you know it's it, the game was in, you know invented here it's america's game whatever you know people still want to say football no it's baseball um so <laughs> um so i i think it's it's important they do well am i going to say here they have to win i don't know i don't think so but um i think it's important that they do well uh and i think it i think it only helps you know the what's the cliche uh you know rising tides bring up all ships and I think, you know, they're one of those, they, they could be the tide that really just helps. And, but yeah, I'm glad I don't have that pressure, but uh, I look forward to watching them handle it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and we got into a great conversation about things that are happening now that are more current, but sometime if we get the chance, I'd love to have you come back on the show so we can talk more about your Irish heritage, talk about your love for Ireland but right now we got to talk a lot about baseball and there's nothing wrong with that. Thank you so much for being here. This was great. Less about me and more about baseball. Sign me up any day of the week, Rick. To hear the first part of my conversation with Mike Ciano on episode 54, head to irishbaseball.org. I'm Rick Becker, and this has been episode 55 of the Irish Baseball Podcast.